Alice Onlin and Herbert Konings are founding partners of Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello, hello. You're tuning into this week's episode of the Security Token Show. We're coming to you from our studio in sunny Miami, Florida. I'm your host, Herwood Konings, and with me every episode is my co-host, Kyle Sondland. For those of you who are new listeners, you should know each week the show starts out by covering last week's industry news, followed by the newest security token offerings and a breakdown of the secondary market trading report, ending with our main topic, which this week is going into the distinction between securitization and tokenization of securities. That's right. Hello, everyone. It's glad to be here for yet another episode as we roar into 2021. So to kick off the show, it's time for our Company of the Week Awards, where we highlight two companies for making the biggest moves in the industry over the past week. And it's our first picks of 2021. Since last week, we actually announced that T-Zero won our Company of the Year for 2020. So to kick it off this year, who's your pick this week, Herwig? Yeah, and a huge congratulations to T-Zero for winning Company of the Year, of course. You know, they deserve it. And we have an announcement going live soon on that, but you can check out last week's episode to hear why in detail. But this week, I want to focus on a now, you know, not so little startup now, I guess, out of Germany called HQLAX. You know, of course, it's standing for exchange. So HQLA Exchange was originally backed by the Deutsche Börse, it's the largest stock exchange in Germany, and has been spreading the gospel of security tokens ever since, getting an infrastructure in place for major institutions to adopt in Europe and the world, of course. And last week, they announced the biggest infrastructure financing round of this year so far, with 14.4 million euros in fresh financing going towards the company. And it includes heavyweights, folks, heavyweights, BNY Mellon, Goldman Sachs, and Citibank all in the round. I know we recently released an article covering the largest banks in the world and their activity in the security token space, but to me, this is all the proof in the pudding you need to see uh, right here that this is happening. And so for having a war chest to make 2021 the biggest year for security tokens yet, HQLAX and Guido, the CEO, you know, they deserve a massive congratulations and also easily scored my company of the week award. Huge, right, Kyle? Wow, that's that's big news from HQLAX. I remember when we first covered their launch with Deutsche Borsa over a year ago, and it's great to see that the company is thriving. And I'm looking forward to some major developments from them now that they've had some, some serious firepower and resources that they can dedicate to the cause. But moving into my first company of the week for 2021, I'm choosing Propeam, a digital asset custody provider based in Singapore, who just announced that they have graduated from the MAS Sandbox. And so as you may know, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, or the MAS, is the financial regulator there, and they have been very supportive of financial innovation and actually set up a regulatory sandbox where companies can build their own solutions in fintech under the guidance of the regulators, ensuring that all compliance measures are being followed while allowing the regulators to get a better understanding of the solutions being developed. And so, well, now Propine has successfully graduated from the program. They entered in 2018. And now here in 2021, they've graduated, meaning that the company has officially been granted a capital markets services license, and they are now fully regulated by the MAS. 
And this is the first regulated firm of its kind in Singapore, and they now claim to be the only digital asset custodian globally with an ISO 27001 certification, which is a major milestone and certainly worthy of my company of the week award this week. Well done to Propine. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge win for any company in Singapore proving itself to be a hotbed. And Propine has been very loud in the space. Uh, Ian Fong and their marketing team doing a great job over there. So this was uh, something that I was expecting at some point. This is a congratulations to them. Well done, well done. And digital asset custody is certainly something that we're still seeing develop and evolve. And so to see the proper licenses getting approved and firms moving into that space and doing it in a regulatory way is, is just fantastic. Definitely a critical piece to any infrastructure and industry. Now, let's get into the news. And before I do, I do want you all to know that the articles that we cover on this show, they're sourced from stomarket.com slash news. And they're also available for reference in the about description on the podcast itself from wherever you're listening. Or you can always go to the Security Token Show Medium blog uh, whenever you want there. That has all the articles you can dig into for yourself if you want. Now, we're going to kick things off this week in the U.S., you know, in an update on the Overstock case that was dismissed back in 2019 on the digital dividend distribution that they did for Overstock.com. That's, of course, available on T0. So last Wednesday, Judge Dale Kimball in the Utah courts reversed his previous decision to dismiss the lawsuit, granting the plaintiff's request from October 2020 to file an amended consolidated complaint. So the class action suit was filed by lead plaintiff Mangrove Partners Master Fund in September of 2019, they, they said that allegedly that Overstock lied about the purpose of its OSTKO security token, which the plaintiffs claimed was designed to punish short sellers. So presumably, these are the short sellers suing Overstock. Now, Overstock thought it was in the clear when the case was dismissed, but now after appeal, you know, it seems like things will move forward after all, spelling potential issues for Overstock.com, which is the mm-hmm. parent company of our company of the year winner, T0, mm-hmm. and also the security token industry's highest traded publicly available security token. So we'll, of course, keep you updated on the show as this develops further. And over in Turkey, the central bank governor has announced that they will be piloting a central bank digital currency this year. And this is, in fact, actually a total surprise as the leading source on CBDCs, the Bank of International Settlements, the BIS, tracked 80% of CBDCs have, you know, uh, central banks, I should say, have some kind of interest in doing a CBDC. And Turkey actually wasn't one of them. So now in a public, you know, announcement and a, a launch in the, the country would put them in the category of trailblazers, actually, as they join over 50 banks with publicly announced initiatives, most of which have either failed or not come to fruition in any real way yet. Uh, And ending the industry news is a a case update on Ripple's XRP violating securities laws that we've covered quite frequently on the last two episodes now. And what is no coincidence on the timing, the UK Treasury Department has made a statement saying that XRP is an exchange token and not a security token. So this will definitely be used by Ripple in their case against the SEC as an argument that XRP is indeed not a security. But, you know, honestly, quite frankly, the U.S. does not have something called an exchange token type, perhaps commodities, but this seems to be exactly, you know, what we forecasted over a year ago on the show, that this is the regulatory case of the year for the crypto and security token industry. Last year, it was Telegram and the SEC won. So let's see how this one plays out. 
And moving into company announcements, we saw Atlas One, it's a Canadian digital securities company, receive an exempt market dealer, an EMD license under the regulatory sandbox set up by the Canadian Securities Administrator. So the company can now issue securities on the blockchain on behalf of clients, and they plan to foster Canada's capital markets and beyond. So this marks a growing scene in Canada for the security token industry, and also marks yet another new entrant into the space. So welcome, Atlas One, and congratulations on your license approval. Go get them. And in Singapore, two companies teamed up to launch a single security token platform, they say. I'm talking about AG Delta, which is a fintech company that says I've distributed $2 trillion worth of securities in Asia. And Skyhook Capital, which connects wealth management platforms via APIs to track the life cycle of securities. Now, that sounds like two great companies to be teaming up to support the blockchain in the wealth management industry. The new partnership supposedly allows their eWealth solution partners to seamlessly integrate digital securities and crypto assets alongside the conventional securities already supported in the platform product catalogs. And as Andrew Aw, the CEO of Delta, says it best, I think, quote, the elimination of settlement risk, uh, using R3's quarter, by the way, folks, will bring significant operational benefits to the rapidly growing independent wealth advisory market. So that's great stuff. And not shockingly, coming out of Singapore again, Asia's hottest security token industry with Propane leading that charge now. Uh, and if you didn't hear about it already, Tokens.com has launched. So Tokens.com is co-founded by Trevor Caverco, who previously founded Polymath as well. So Tokens.com has a lot of momentum behind it. And as their website says, it is a blockchain technology company that offers investors a simple and secure way to gain exposure to staking and DeFi. And just recently, the company announced that they have successfully closed a seed round. So this round included 30 institutions Whoa. and high net worth individuals, including strategic investments by BitBuy Limited, First Block Capital, Hive Blockchain, Matthew Rozak, the co-founder and chairman of Block, the Ol and Olaf Carlson Wee, you know, founder and CEO of Polychain Capital. And you should know that Tokens.com has entered into an agreement with Polychain Labs and Bison Trails to manage its staking operations, and they'll be holding their staking assets with Coinbase custody. So tons of people in that round, but no disclosure on the size, unfortunately. However, one can expect that Tokens.com is now ready to rock and roll. And speaking of Overstock.com lawsuits earlier there, the company itself announced that Canadian broker-dealer Echelon can now trade digital preferred shares, OSTKO. So according to the press release, the move is designed to make it easier for Canadian investors to access the OSTKO shares on T0, which apparently Echelon is a network of $6 billion to tap into already. And moving on, Standard Capital joined forces with SolidBlock to develop what they call the Japanese Real Estate Security Token Market, or JFTA. And last week, we announced that SolidBlock was doing the first listings for $150 million worth of security tokens on INX, which Kyle kindly broke down for us. So if you want to listen to last week's episode, go check that out. But now, SolidBlock marks itself the second U.S. issuance company to expand into Japan, of course, alongside industry leader Securitize, which, you know, has made Japan a focus for the last several years now. So alongside Standard Capital, which is a firm that is developing the Alex, A-L-L-E-X, security token exchange in the Philippines already, you know, both firms make a formidable new value proposition, it sounds like, entering the Japan real estate market. And finally, Shareable Asset announced a new advisor that is quite impressive as he's the former CEO of UBS Asset Management in Singapore. I'm talking about Michael Chin, who brings with him 30 years of experience in the finance and investment industry, including 22 years at UBS. So very impressive and will no doubt bring a lot of knowledge to the company. Great advisory boards, they go a long, long way. 
And moving into the resources and opinions that came out last week, we start off with Cointelegraph's predictions for the first five CBDCs of 2021 and 22. They predict that already live digital yuan in China, a digitized euro by the European Central Bank, the e-krona in Sweden, the digital bat in Thailand, and the Australian digital dollars, which, you know, they're not bad predictions given one is live already and the others have announced headway. But I actually think Sweden might have been saying that they're thinking differently on it, but maybe that's changing given there's those new allure for CBDCs in the air. And I also know that the SOV token for the Republic of Marshall Islands is live and we just saw Turkey announce their interests, although we don't know much there. So if you're curious on this, we do have a full list of CBDC projects in the works. Just Google CBDC list and we're the first to come up. And next, we have another podcast for you to listen to if you're interested in learning more about Bitbond, one of Germany's leading tokenization players. So I haven't listened to it myself, but I'm hoping to make time because they have done successful issuances so far already uh, and definitely probably going to be very interesting. And on the SCG Medium blog, we had another guest article go live by Peter Gaffney. He's a young entry into the security token space who sees the potential already. So much so he wanted to share this cool idea, tokenizing the American Airlines arena here in Miami. So Peter talks about tokenizing suites and boxes and season tickets and eventually the whole enchilada. So if you like the idea of sports and finance and security tokens, definitely go give it a read. And Securities.io released a nice article outlining some of the latest developments in the security token industry. Obviously, if you're an active listener to the show, you'll you'll know most of it already. Uh, But it's always nice to see a refresher if you're looking for something to read. And one of those crazy expensive industry reports has been released again with the headline being that the tokenization market will rise to an estimated value of $4.5 billion by 2026. Only? Only that, says that. Well, it's the latest report by DataBridge Market Research and costs a cool $4,800 to get the report. So let us know if you end up buying it and, you know, liking it and, you know, if we we should actually get it. But something tells me you're too savvy to buy this because we don't plan to do it either. Listen to our predictions episode from last week to see where we think the market's going to be in just 12 months. Who knows where it's going in 2026? Yeah, that's free at least. And finally, we did announce you know, a company of the year, T0 for 2020, but make sure you don't miss out on all the December's awesome winners. You know, Get a highlight reel of why our six winners that month, Real Fund, Tech, Exordium, Neofund, Ava Labs, and Currency Works won their Company of the Week awards. So check out the breakdown on the STG Medium blog or find the article in the description. We also did a nice thread on that on Twitter if you like to do the Twitter kind of stuff and LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. It's everywhere you're trying to find that info. And that's it for all the latest news this week, folks. Remember, you can submit any industry news and events at stomarket.com slash news so we can cover it here on the show. Now on to you, Kyle, for your STO news and secondary market trading report update. Yeah, well, I wish I had some events for everyone listening. You may remember we definitely had a, a section covering the events in the space, but unfortunately, there aren't any for this week. However, we can go right into some security token updates. And so the first update here, and really the only update until we break into the new STOs, is from Infinite Fleet. That's that video game by the publisher Exordium, who was a company of the week winner in December, who officially confirmed that their security token offering fundraise will begin this Thursday, January 14th. According to a dev blog post, investing in the XOEXO is the ticker. Security token grants the investor equity in the firm and a dividend share of the game's future profits, which is fantastic. We've covered this in the past. We certainly knew it was a revenue share token, but it's nice to see that there's going to be equity involved as well. 
but there's actually a few additional bonuses that I thought were pretty interesting that I wanted to cover. And just like a Kickstarter campaign, the early backers are going to be rewarded with additional tiered perks, both inside of the game and in real life. So for example, the first 500 people who donate $1,000 to the offering will actually be able to name a star or a planet inside of the game, along with receiving other cosmetic bonuses and exclusive Discord chats with developers that are only available to donors. Larger donations also include other creative contributions, including that highest tier prize of being an executive producer of the game. It also includes in-game items and even physical gifts such as graphic designs, flags, and other merch from the game. So I think it's a pretty cool addition to the offering as it creates that further immersion between investing and in the product and actually consuming the product, which builds that relationship, I think, between investors and the users in, in, in a great way. I think it's a good move by Exordium. So you can check out the offering on Stalker, S-T-O-K-R.io is where it's being hosted. And you can find out more there about the offering, the terms, and as well, those bonus rewards. Exordium actually won my company of the week last month for what they're doing. So they actually have my seal of approval, obviously, even though I, of course, am not investing or endorsing and I'm unfortunately unable to do so. Yeah, we keep off. It's not investment advice for sure. Uh, we're, we're objective on this one, but I love what they're doing. Love, love the moves there. Moving into some new security token offerings, we have issuance platform SolidBlock, who confirmed that it is working with Blue Horizon to tokenize the beachfront, which is a hotel in Phuket, Thailand. And this hotel is managed under the Best Western Plus brand, which is a pretty reputable, large-scale uh, company there in hospitality, and it currently has 190 rooms and suites with an additional 100 or so planned for the expansion. So Thailand, it notes in the article, has seen, you know, I think it's 9 million tourists in 2019, which was a record for them, with demand for, for visiting the country, outpacing supply of local hospitality, which is driving the expansion efforts by the beachfront. So as we reported last week, this property will list on INX you know, post fundraise. And it's also not SolidBlock's first real estate tokenization either, as the firm worked with Aspen Digital to launch the St. Regis Aspen security token that's now trading on T0. So this seems like a, a pretty legit players that are working on this deal. And if you're interested, you can check that one out through SolidBlock. Moving into the market update, I wanted to give a shout out to the tremendous Omar Faridi for his continuous coverage of our security token market reports. We now publish two market reports each month, one for the entire market trading and then another one specifically focused on real estate. And Omar, again, did a great job. He covered both of these articles that we published and, and gave more exposure and syndication to those that research. And, and you know, I, I just really thank and thank him for, for all the work that he does in terms of, of bringing exposure to the research that we do. We put a ton of time into that through through the security to token market research team. And uh, so thanks again for your support, Omar, and, and for anybody else that cites our data and uses stlmarket.com pricing information for research, for investing, whatever you use it for, you give us a shout out and we'll certainly be for, do the same for you. So we really appreciate it, Omar, and thanks to everybody else that's working with us. And the final market report actually comes from Blockchain Capital, who just published their quarterly NAV report and just announced a net asset value per share at $6.33 as of December 31st, which is an increase of nearly 15% from the third quarter. And so their portfolio has a range of equities, but also holds Bitcoin, Ethereum, and the recently launched cryptocurrency known as Filecoin. These three cryptos are likely what drove the increase in NAV this quarter because the crypto industry has been on a bull run. 
but I actually found a, a really interesting piece uh, that was mentioned in the Securities IO article that we sourced as well as, as just through my own research. And the interesting finding is that they actually have a, a pretty sizable position in Coinbase, which is a company that's expected to IPO here in 2021 and could result in, in pretty significant realized gains for BCAP in their portfolio, which in turn likely would have an effect on the token. So definitely something for you to keep in mind, investors. They, they, are, they are bracing for a pretty significant IPO and liquidity event for their portfolio, and you can make the decision on what that's going to mean for the price. In addition to that, there actually are some rumors floating around that BCAF may list on T0. This is not confirmed, but it again was in the Securities IO article and I have seen it around a, a little bit. So if they list on T0, we certainly know that that's going to drive significant trading volume as well as potentially additional investor demand. So uh, I'm pretty bullish on, on what they're working on and how they're doing and, and certainly you can make your own decisions on the secondary market. And then moving into the trading market over the past week or so. Um, as always, all of our pricing data is sourced from stomarket.com. We have the live updating prices there, as well as we do our market reports that you can do a little bit more research. We do you know, quantitative reports as well as qualitative analysis, all featured on the Security Token Group blog. And so the, the total security token market cap was actually up about 6% this week, closing right around 393 million. We finally saw a strong week from Overstock to help bounce the market cap closer to that 400 million mark, which is a figure we really haven't seen since November 2020. So provided that things go well over this week, we might get there starting the beginning of next episode. So T0 and Aspen did trade pretty flat this week despite Overstock's success, but an interesting fact that I did notice while compiling the trading data this week was that T0's token is actually doing more daily trading volume on average than Overstock is doing. So despite the much larger factor here uh, that Overstock does split trading demand across the public market, so that certainly you'd think would have an effect on the trading volume and demand, but considering T0's market cap is around a third of what Overstock is looking at right now. It's still something interesting to note, um, you know, looking at those, those pricing data. And the biggest winner this week was Protos, which is a tokenized crypto hedge fund that's trading on open finance that was up from 20 cents to a full dollar, presumably due to the crypto bull run over the last few months, increasing the portfolio value. And it's interesting and great to see that the market responded accordingly. So happy to see that the firm themselves were able to push through the tough few years now and they're finally realizing some gains. The real T tokens were also pretty interesting to watch this week as four of the nine trading properties were up double digits this week, led by Patent Street, which was up 37%. So these properties trade on Uniswap, which is that decentralized exchange that leverages a linear price equation to facilitate automated market making for each asset. We've covered this in detail in previous podcast episodes. You should definitely check that out. We post our main topic of every episode on YouTube. You can just check out the, the 10 or 15 minute episode breaking down you know, one of these important concepts. And so as a reminder, Uniswap requires staking liquidity using Ethereum as well as the, the trading asset that you're providing. And so as the price of Ethereum has increased in value over the last month or two, it's also increased the price of the trading asset because that trading pair value increases since the holding ratio is constant. That then adjusts over time as traders begin to reprice the asset based on the perceived value of the asset at the current price, essentially allowing competitive markets and arbitrage opportunities to rebalance the price to a level that's more reasonable for the asset long term. So you combine this arbitrage concept, the increase in Ethereum, along with the small supply of these assets, as well as the high demand, 
and then you're going to get to see these large booms in price occasionally, um, which you know eventually sometimes come down. You also can see it go the other way, as we saw with Autobahn Road this week. This one was fascinating. Now, this property was the first one of the first listed realty assets back in 2019. There were three that originally launched. It was uh, this Audubon property as well as Marlowe and Fullerton. And this is the most successful property year to date. It's actually up 60% since listing. But not only that, it's had an absolutely crazy week with its price bouncing from $116 to $193 in just 24 hours on January 7th, which based on reviewing liquidity pools, it does seem to be correlated with this Ethereum price jump. But it's unclear why this one bounced so high, almost doubled in price um, in just one day. So that's fascinating. But as I described before, in the same fashion, the price almost immediately dropped back down to earth as traders quickly sold on the new price rise, bringing the closing price this week actually down 10% to right around $104. So you got to kind of watch how those prices swing. That's kind of how a decentralized exchange, that's one of the, you know, you're going to have more volatility through a decentralized exchange than you are through a centralized exchange. But all this stuff is very fascinating. Definitely. I mean, obviously, Protoss is loving this bull run from Bitcoin and Ethereum and the crypto industry. And I think the rest of the security token industry is as well. Uh, you know, we'll, I think we'll be back up to that $500 million mark in no time, especially with more assets listing soon. We see that INX is going to launch. We know that Realty is going to start listing even more properties. And, uh, you know, as, as there is volatility in the crypto industry, uh, as you said, we can expect <laughs> volatility with the DEXs. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's time maybe to dive into that main topic, shall we? Let's do it. So one of the things that we like to do on the show is we like to clarify terminology and make sure that we as an industry understand the concepts and jargon and we agree on the new lingo being thrown around. So in many cases, it could be play on words like securitize as a company name, but in fact, the concept of securitization and tokenization are radically different despite being linked and tied together. It's critical that the industry is clear. And when we're talking about finance, it's easy to get complex and therefore hazy. So securitization itself is indeed a new concept in relative terms. Most of us were actually only introduced to this idea during the housing market crash in 2008, which is largely due to bad securitizations of mortgages. Uh, that's a perfect segue into securitization, Kyle. And I think our listeners already know what security tokens are. So, of course, securitizations are a fascinating and broad encompassing subject in finance. It's not simple and brilliant, but in the end, still novel finance that can be applied in many, many different ways. But to be clear, the mortgage crisis was not caused by the concept of securitization. It was the bad actors in the system who abused it. Right, exactly. So we're here to break it down for you on the show because as Herwig expertly said, the terminology is not interchangeable with the idea of tokenization. Securitization and tokenization are very different concepts and they're related to each other, but they aren't the same thing. So Herwig, you once developed a digital special purpose vehicle platform or SPVs. So why don't you give the securitization 101 to our listeners? With pleasure. And if you want to learn more about SPVs, these special purpose vehicles, if you will, check out episode 67 on the show where we cover it in detail. You can find all our main topic clips exclusively on our YouTube channel. 
Right. So SPVs are very important for securitization. In a sense, they're, they're actually like the backbone. So an SPV essentially is a shell company, usually an LLC, that holds the assets that are being used for securitization. So in this case, with the mortgages example, the concept came about when banks couldn't sell individual loans. They were just too small. But if you bundled all the mortgages together, it could be big enough. And with diversified risk, that the investment vehicle is now attractive and now large enough for investors to want to buy and trade. And their securitization is being used for mortgages, and the SPV is the investment vehicle that holds all the mortgages. So, Kyle, why don't you give a different example of securitization for our listeners? Yeah, sure. So, loans and credit products are common for securitization because they provide yield and cash flows to the investors, but we also see a ton of securitization in private real estate and private companies. Highly illiquid assets are a good target for securitization because trading them is directly is honestly a pain. So a building, for example, or gold is another. It would be much easier to trade a company that owns those assets instead, you know, using SPV specifically instead of actually just trading those assets as their own. Yeah, those are great examples, Kyle. You know, that's why securitization is such a big deal in finance. It's a conduit for investors to an asset. Security tokens, on the other hand, cover much more than just securitizations. Debt instruments and bonds, for example, can be tokenized, but are not securitizations. Trading equities themselves, stocks, are, of course, not securitizations if they directly represent the company, not a second layer between it like an SPV is, hence the term special purpose vehicle in the first place. So, however, one of the big themes of security tokens is, of course, making securities and assets more liquid. So securitization is often a tool used for security token offerings. For example, a startup may not want a thousand new investors on their cap table, but they do want people to be able to buy a piece of their company for $500. So they use an SPV to securitize a portion of their equity, and that LLC manages that specific asset and can even become a tr you know tradable security while the rest of the company remains illiquid. So investors would be trading the LLC that owns that equity, not the startup itself. So in this way, securitization and tokenization play well together, but it's also why it can be confusing because tokenization, you know, tokenizing a startup, let's say itself directly, wouldn't be a securitization. Yeah, so that's why an issuance platform and an industry leader like Securitize is an example of a kind of a play on words here right, right. and what they're doing. And, and you know, probably for some leading uh, to some more of this confusion, but hopefully you're confused no more. Securitization, it's a financial innovation. Tokenization, it's a technical innovation. Together, they create and embed liquidity. Well said, Herwig. I mean, tokenization, as we've covered in the past, represents creating that blockchain-based asset to facilitate the programmatic enforcement of compliance and the regulatory standards, as well as capitalizing on market benefits with respect to settlement and asset transactions. And that has nothing to do with the actual asset that the tokenization underlies. So in that respect, securitization as an industry is much bigger than security tokens right now, but it won't be long for security tokens to outgrow that given that securitized vehicles will almost always become security tokens, but not the other way around. Not all security tokens will be securitizations. Yep, we can expect plenty of innovation between the two yet to come. And that's what we're so, so excited for. This is the future of finance, listeners. Absolutely. And you'll hear all about it 
here on the Security Token Show. And with that, I think we can wrap things up for this episode, Herwig. Yep, short and sweet. Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you tune in next week on Tuesday for episode 77. And be sure to reach out to us on Twitter or LinkedIn with questions, feedback, or comments. Always engage with us as well on stlmarket.com where we submit all of our news. You can comment and and engage with the community there. You can also check out the latest prices, stlmarket.com. Submit news articles, comment on everything. We want to hear from you. And as always, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week.